Hi, everybody, and welcome to Joint Air Christian Lifestyle, the podcast where we celebrate diversity within the body of Christ. I'm your host, Shane Fritz. And guys, this morning, I just want to share with you some stuff that's been on my heart. And honestly, uh, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, when I woke up to go to work, the Lord was really just telling me that I needed to to listen to the book of Isaiah on the way to work. And there's nothing really unusual about that because I seek the Lord in prayer most mornings about um, what I should listen to on the way to work. And, you know, sometimes it's listening to the Bible being read and sometimes it might be uh, a message being given by somebody. Sometimes it's just worship music. But I always ask the Lord, like, what he wants me to hear that day to, to set the tone for the day and, uh, and to give me what I need for that day. And so that morning he had me uh, listening to Isaiah and I asked him where he wanted me to start. And I heard Isaiah 26. And, and so as I listened on the way to work and uh, when I got to chapter 30, I just felt the Lord just telling me, this is what you need to pay attention to. And as, he, as I was listening to Isaiah 30 being read, he was just showing me a lot of stuff here, a lot of stuff in Isaiah 30. And he said, I want you to share this with people because this is so important. And so uh, we're going to look at Isaiah 30 today. But before I get into reading Isaiah 30, we have to kind of just, just set the, the scene of Isaiah 30. And, and so we have the, the Assyrian nation... Um, closing in, and they're threatening uh, Judah. And as they're closing in and threatening Judah, there comes a question as to how Israel is going to respond to the incoming threat. And so I want to start reading in, in Isaiah 30, verse 1. And it says, Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel but not of me, and who devise plans but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. Right off the bat, as we open this, this chapter up, we see that Israel is, is really, they're standing in judgment before God, and they're being viewed as rebellious because they're not seeking God's counsel, and they're not planning with God how to take care of this incoming threat. And isn't that like just something that we see all the time when we have problems that come up and we have challenges that we're facing, you know, and we had, we had Heidi Wonder on last week and she's sharing this amazing testimony um, about how God was working in her finances. And we titled that, that episode um, about the 11th hour God and our God in his, in his jealousy because he wants all of us and because he wants us to seek only him, how often does he give us time to see how we'll respond and to see which way we'll look? And that's really what he's doing here with Israel, except they're not, they're not looking to him. And so they're, they're sitting in judgment for that reason. And when it goes on to, to verses two and three, it says, Again, speaking of Israel, who walk to go down to Egypt and have not asked my advice, speaking of the Lord, to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. 
Therefore, the strength of Pharaoh shall be your shame, and trust in the shadow of Egypt shall be your humiliation. You see, Israel had a choice, but they were looking to Pharaoh and they were looking to Egypt for protection. Except the problem was they were doing it without looking to God first. God wasn't directing them to Egypt or Pharaoh. And when we look at the scriptures, especially when we go back to Exodus and we look at really what Egypt represented, and Egypt was the oppressor of God's people. Egypt was holding them in chains for over 400 years. And Pharaoh, in all his pride, you know, Pharaoh represented everything that is at enmity with God. He was the en enemy of God. And yet this is where Israel is choosing to look for help. They're looking back to an oppressor and they're looking back to an enemy of God to help with an incoming threat. And it's a heart condition of Israel. And we see it from the time they come out of Egypt almost immediately. I mean, at the Red Sea before it's parted, they, they are already talking about how it would have been better to stay in Egypt. And how it would have been better to die in Egypt. And we see it all through the account of traveling through the wilderness. That it might have been better if they had just stayed in oppression. That it might have been better if they had just stayed under the enemy of God. Now that's in the first generation coming out of Egypt. And they had memory of what Egypt was like. But I want you to understand that we're not that far out from the time that they left Egypt. I mean, as we're looking at a timeline, we're talking about a few hundred years. From the time that Isaiah is writing about seeking Egypt and Pharaoh for protection from the time they had left. In all reality, in fear of the threat of a coming oppressor, they want to choose to go back to a proven oppressor in the face of the threat of an incoming killer they want to go back to a proven killer and guys i'm telling you that what the lord was showing me was that all too often as god's people even though we've been delivered out of things when adversity hits there can still be this tendency for us to look back at what has been, that what used to work, and almost look at it through, like we hear the, the phrase rose-colored glasses, right? And, and there's a famili familiarity, there's something familiar about what used to be and, and what was, and because we made it to here, we feel like we could go back to there and get through this, this new thread again. And guys, I'm not going to list every type of oppression that can affect God's people. I'm not going to list every enemy that affects God's people. But the truth is, and it was so true with Israel, that they knew that God had brought plagues against Egypt by the hand of Moses, by the rod. He had brought plagues against Egypt and brought a nation to its knees to the point where the 
captives walked out of Egypt carrying the spoils as though they had been an invading and conquering force because God was an invading and conquering force. We have to understand that Pharaoh, the Pharaoh that had oppressed them in Egypt, his body laid at the bottom of the Red Sea because he came against God and the enemy of God's people had been dealt with. And as I, as I looked at Isaiah 30, and the Lord was just speaking this to me, and I was seeing this in vision so clearly that, you know, the scripture says the last enemy was death, and I could just see it in my mind's eye as that stone rolled away from the tomb. And Jesus walked out of the tomb, and he was twirling the keys of hell on his finger as he walked out. Because that's what our God does. He just, he's already taken care of every oppressor and enemy. And the problem becomes, as we look at the nation of Israel, that even though generations had passed, their minds and their hearts had never changed. Now we understand that this first generation that had come out, that walked through the wilderness and talked about going back to Egypt, you know, there's a, there's a syndrome out there called Stockholm Syndrome. And it's where people who have been oppressed, people who have been abused, people who have been held captive. And oftentimes, I mean, we're talking about some really sick stuff here, like kids that have lived uh, in really bad situations, kidnapped where they can't leave um, the home, that kind of stuff. And they start um, suffering from a mental disorder where they have a reliance on their abuser and they have a reliance on their captor and as we look at the first generation coming out of Egypt we could almost understand that but but when we look at the track record of Israel we see that their heart condition never changed it was built into their culture to always be dependent on men rather than to seek independence from man and walk with God and that's a place that we don't want to end up at because we have been freed from every oppression and we have been given the victory over every enemy. And even though it's easy to slip back into an old mindset, this is really where we need to, to trust in God's promise that it has been done. As we keep going down through Isaiah 30, we're not going to read all of this, but we see that it continues to talk about the futility of going to an oppressor. And, and really, the people had, had come to this place where, as we go down, it, it talks about the fact that they were despising um, the seers, and they were despising the prophets. In fact, in verse 10, it says, He who, who say to the seers, do not see, and to the prophets, do not prophesy for us right things. Speak to us smooth things. Prophesy deceits. You see, they didn't want to hear the truth. They wanted to hear lies. They didn't want to hear from God. They didn't want to have their perspectives shift. They just wanted to hear what they wanted to hear, what went along with the narratives of what they could see. 
They literally wanted to self-fulfill their own prophecies. And it goes on in verse 12. It says, therefore, says the Holy One of Israel, because you despise this word and trust in oppression and perversity and rely on them. Therefore, this iniquity shall be to you like a breach ready to fall, a bulge in a high wall whose breaking comes suddenly and in an instant. And he shall break it like breaking of the potter's vessel, which is broken in pieces he shall not spare. So there shall not be found among it fragments, a shard to take fire from the hearth or to take water from the cistern. You see, guys, verse 13 says, therefore, this iniquity, because they despised the word of the Lord and because they wanted to put their trust in man, it was iniquity. It was a heart condition. It was a heart posture that was wicked. And so because of that, we talked about at the beginning, it would be a shame and a humiliation because they could not be changed because they were hardened because because their heart condition would not allow them to trust God because they were a stiff-necked people. It would become a shame to them and there would be destruction upon them. Guys, we don't want to know destruction because our hearts get hardened. We have to, we have to ask the Lord to really to keep us soft. We need to keep seeking him day in and day out. Lord, keep us soft because we're walking into a, we're walking through a world, right? And we talk about the Garden of Eden and what does the ground spring forth? It springs forth thorns, right? Guys, as we're out there walking through the thorns, we can't get scarred up to the point where we can't feel anymore. We can't have our hearts hardened. We need to keep asking God, keep us soft. We need to be meditating in his word to keep us soft and to focus on his promise and to focus on what he says about us and to focus on, on what's been laid before us and the reality that is. And we need to have our heart posture in such a way that we view it that way. And we got to understand that even when we don't understand everything, that there's a peace that can be in us in that. I know this is coming out as a hard word, but I want to go on to verse 15, guys, because there's promise here also. In verse 15, he says, For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Guys, we got to rest in the Lord. We got to return and rest in Him. We have to quiet ourselves and have confidence in his promise because we have the testimonies given. <coughs> Excuse me. And over the past weeks, we have been, we've been looking at this. We've been looking at the promises that God gives us. We've been, we've been looking at the fulfillment of promises. And as we go forward in the weeks ahead, we're going to be talking about next week we've got... Uh, my sister-in-law, Crystal Rebert's going to be on here. She's going to be talking about developing a prayer life. A prayer life is where we're going to hear from God. And so as we quiet ourselves so we can hear the voice of God and so we can receive these promises, we're going to see things shift and, and we won't get ourselves into that position where we go back and look to the past. 
You know, when we look at the example of Lot, and we have the 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 incoming destruction of Sodom, and and Lot knows it, and Lot, you know, in the midst of all that wickedness, he gets a warning. And Lot couldn't save his whole family. Not even all his family was willing to leave the city. They rejected it. And some of them stayed and some of them perished in the city. But, but you know, even of the ones he brought out, he couldn't get them all out because some of them turned to look. And guys, we don't have to have the reality of turning back to look. We don't have to have the reality of turning back to look at what was. We can keep our eyes focused ahead on what is and what is to come on the promises. Verse 18 here of Isaiah 30 says, Therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you, and therefore he will be exalted, that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. Guys, we just have to, right now, we have to raise him up. Because he is a God of justice. He is a God of mercy. He is the God of grace. And we are just the recipients of all of that. And how beautiful that is. That we have the reality of being able to receive that from him. And so guys, I just want to encourage you. And I just, I felt this in my spirit even as I was sharing this with you. That there might be some of us even in this time of uncertainty, and I know like, you know, with finances right now, especially, you know, with inflation the way it is and the job market the way it is, that there might be a, a temptation to look at the things that used to be and see something that was and think, man, that wasn't so bad. Maybe you look at, as you're dealing with stress, how you used to deal with stress. And you think, well, that worked in that season. But the Lord doesn't want us to look back at what was as something that held any promise. He wants us to look at what is and what is to come. And so, guys, if that's you, I just want to encourage you to prayerfully just just meditate on what is and what is to come. Meditate on the promise. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Listen for his voice. Develop that prayer life now because that's what's going to sustain us. Meditate on the word. Meditate meditate on the track record of God because he's never failed yet. He's not going to start failing now. You know, Jesus has never lost a battle and every oppressor and every enemy has already been beaten. How is it that we can think that he's going to stop winning battles When it comes to little old me, little old Shane, how's he going to stop losing battles on my behalf when he didn't stop losing battles on the behalf of the whole world? And so, guys, as we conclude, I just I just encourage you to meditate on that this week. And we're just excited. Next week, we're going to have a guest coming on. Like I said, my sister-in-law, Crystal Rebert, she's going to be talking about developing this prayer life. And I'm excited to hear what the Lord's speaking to her in that. And uh, and we just encourage you, if you haven't already, um, like, subscribe, share this thing. We just feel like this is going to continue 
to be a blessing um, to everybody that's hearing it. We want to continue to spread this word. If the Lord's laying something on your heart, if the Lord's been working something mighty in you, if you have a testimony you want to share, hey, reach out to us. Get a hold of somebody. If you don't know me and or my wife personally, but you know somebody who's been on the show, reach out to them and they'll get a message to us because we want to spread this thing as far as we can. We want the testimony of what Jesus Christ has done in your life to reach the ends of the earth. This is what it's all about, that we suffer together, that we are glorified together because we are all joint heirs. And so I appreciate your time today listening. And I just, I, I just pray blessings over you in this time. In Jesus' name, thank you all. Be blessed. Bye.